guys, it's Simon. This is Wrestling Unlimited. As we're here talking about two shows tonight, both NXT and Dynamite. And I'm going to say that I didn't take the NXT notes. I had a buddy take those for me. He paid more attention to NXT, and I paid more attention to Dynamite. And so the Dynamite notes are my notes, and the NXT notes are his notes. So we're going to go through the NXT show first. Go through what... He thought of the show and this and that and so forth. And then we'll talk about AEW in length like we normally do. So as far as both shows do, I thought both shows were really good. I thought WWE did a good job with NXT. I thought AEW did a good job with Dynamite. They did a lot of different things. And they did a lot of different things that as far as NXT does go, we don't normally see like, Undertaker, John Cena, Paul Heyman. I mean, it was cool that under, or WWE was even teasing other NXT things on social media during the show, like teasing Paul Heyman maybe trying to recruit Ava for the bloodline. I don't know. Okay, Vicious says, why don't you review NXT anymore? A, because I don't watch NXT every week. And B, the NXT reviews just weren't getting good views at all. Like, it wasn't... I'll just say right now, it wasn't financially worth it for me to spend a Tuesday watching and reviewing NXT when I wasn't going to make any money doing so. And the NXT reviews never, like over time, were getting, they were getting worse and worse viewer-wise. So it just wasn't worth it in the long run. Okay, that has nothing to do with anything for tonight, Juggernaut. So you're getting timed out. We're not going to come in here and slander wrestlers that had nothing to do with the shows tonight. Now, if that wrestler, I'm not even going to read your comment out loud, but if that wrestler would have came and injured somebody on the show tonight, that would have been a different story. That wrestler wasn't even on any of the shows tonight. So we're not doing any of that. We're not coming in here and randomly slandering wrestlers, regardless of what has happened in the past. But the NXT was good. I thought Dynamite was good. Dynamite had two title changes, which shocked me. One didn't shock me. The other one did shock me. Then the main event was the main event. It was them basically saying Luchasaurus is the younger, more powerful guy. We got the old guy here that is going to pull out the victory in the end. So, mm, I don't know. I thought match-wise, NXT had the better main event match with Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. But then at the same time, you can you can argue, you can argue that the Luchasaurus Edge or Adam Copeland match was more storyline driven than to have a really good match. So there's ways to look at it to try and justify here and there and this and that. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App, Pod Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits or something on my microphone, Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing. One. Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription. Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember if you have Amazon Prime. Then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things. Like free games. Free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel. You want to subscribe throughout the month. 
and I greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Duty Pro Wrestling on Limited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Assassin's Creed Mirage, getting an old game like... What are some, some good old games? Getting an old game like... Japanese Driftmaster. That's a really good game. High on Life. The Wolf Among Us 2. We're claiming the free game, which is Godlike Burger, which is a really good game right now. Use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases like Fortnite, Rocket League, Fall Guys, any coins and bucks for those games. We'll use our code when you're getting that stuff on your PlayStation, your Xbox, and Nintendo Switch, your mobile device, or your PC. With that, we're going to start it off by talking NXT. Let's that up right here. NXT. Um, opening the show was Cody Rhodes, like immediately. As soon as Cody came out, or as soon as the show went on the air, Cody's music was already playing. He was wearing a suit. Entered into the performance center. And the first thing he said on the mic. Yeet. I started laughing so hard. Cody then said. Orlando. What do you want to talk about? Cody then mentioned that he doesn't have just an announcement tonight. He's got announcements. Three different announcements. Cody said. Right now we are in the middle of a. Breakout tournament. And my first announcement is to tell you that, well, when that tournament ends, we're moving in to the men's breakout tournament. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Eh. He then said, when my name was announced for this show, that I was going to have an announcement, everyone started thinking of what that could be and predicting what that can be. And they were right. I'm announcing the return of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. The crowd starts chanting for Dusty, 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 Dusty. As Cody announces the return of the tag team tournament. And I'm like, okay, that's what I expected. Wouldn't call that real major. What would have made that announcement major is if Cody said the Dusty Rose tag team classic is moving to the main roster. And the winners of the tournament will be getting a undisputed tag team title shot against me and Jey Uso, as long as we're still the champions. That would have been cool if him as the champion announced a tag team tournament in honor of his father to get a shot at his titles. That would have been cool. But he just announced two tournaments in NXT, which kind of was like, and eh, do we really need Cody for that? Cody then also said, I got one more thing to tell you guys. Shawn Michaels has made me the guest general manager for the night. Vic Joseph on commentary then said, well, it looks like Cody's been given the pencil book. I'm like, oh, cute. Out with the coming NXT champion, Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov would join Cody in the ring. He apologized for interrupting Cody. 
but Dragunov wanted to welcome Rhodes to NXT for the first time. Dragunov puts over Rhodes, and Dragunov basically says that he wants to be just like Cody. They were then interrupted by the WWE Women's World Champion Rhea Ripley and the North American Champion Dominic Mysterio. Dom cut a promo, putting himself over while heavily being booed by the audience. Dom is insulted that Dragunov, or Dom insults Dragunov, and Mysterio says that he is the, quote, one true champion of NXT. Mysterio then insults Cody, which was a bad idea to insult the booker. Dragunov then responds by saying his father worked in a prison, so he knows how to, quote, turn a barking dog into a sweet little puppy. I like that line. I thought that was funny. Rose then whispers something to Dragunov. Don't hear what. Just before Dom says, I want to challenge you for the NXT title. Hey, Cody, let's make it happen. Rhodes says that he's hearing what Dom is saying, but does that mean Dom will not put his title on the line? That Dom will not also put the North America title up for grabs as well? That led to a comment from Ripley interjecting, saying that Dom, Dom has carried WWE on his back for the last year. Dragunov then cut off Ripley, and Dragunov says, you know what? Screw it. I accept my title on the line. Rhodes says, fine. If that's what you guys want, let's make it official. And the match is set for later in the night. World title match, but not the main event. So, Rhodes is not done yet, as he also has one last impromptu announcement. He says, you two will be fighting for the NXT title tonight, but you're going to have a special guest referee from one of the hottest current WWE superstars. And it's not me. It's LA Knight. Oh, And that match is, or he says something I didn't, I didn't get written down here. And remember he's saying something after the LA Knight comment, but my notes don't have it. Remember, I didn't write these notes. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, that's on the next paragraph. He said, LA Knight is there not just to be the special guest referee, but to counteract and try and stop the Judgment Day if we know if they do what we think they're going to do, get involved. That's what it is. Okay, there it goes. Kelly Kincaid is backstage as their roving reporter. She reports those in NXT's women's locker room have all gathered around the monitor to watch the next match. Jossie then joins Vic Joseph and Booker T on commentary for the upcoming match between Asuka and Roxanne Perez. Blackheart also announces that she is set to return as the host of Halloween Havoc. Oh, and Scarlett will be joining her as her Blackheart host. That'd be cool. The two ghost whisperers and ghost hunters of WWE hosting Halloween Havoc. That's actually really cool. I like that a lot. We then had a really good match between Asuka and Roxanne Perez. This is a really good television match. Like This is almost like a perfect TV match. It did the whole build up and then we go into commercial and it kind of like got right to that spot where you know, oh, 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 drama, drama, mm, commercial. Come back, and we're right there at that spot again. It goes down just a little, and it builds right back up. I liked this. This match was really good, and these two worked really, really well together. Perez got the shine a couple of times early on, and she was going for a cradle when Asuka trapped her in an Asuka lock. Perez rises to her feet as she escapes the submission hold. However, Perez is hit with some kicks. Asuka measures one final kick that drops Perez. Asuka then covered Perez for the near fall. No, for the pin, pinfall. So after the match, in a show of respect, Asuka actually bows to Perez before leaving the ring. Perez then gets jumped from behind by Kiana James. 
This then leads to Shotzi jumping off of commentary and helping one Roxanne Perez, dispatching of Kiana James. The two then stand tall in the ring, and there we go. So, yeah, Asuka and Roxanne had a really good match. They're further building up the story between Kiana and Roxanne, and Shotzi made the save. They had a really fun wild match. It was the pub rules match. It was a six-man tag with no rules. It was Butch, Tyler Bate, and Ridge Holland taking on all them Gallus boys, Mark Coffey, Wolfgang, and Joe Coffey. So um, there's wild brawling early on throughout with a bunch of weapons. The Babyface team wrestled in their usual wrestling gear. All the Gallus boys came out in jeans and a t-shirt. Kind of like a bunkhouse match. Gallus also taped their fists. It's basically what you would call a hardcore match where weapons are littered all around the ring for no good reason and they were able to be used. For the pub part of it, there were whiskey barrels set up around the ring as well as a dartboard. Gallus, all three, lifted up Butch and put him in, uh, put him through a table at one point just for the show cut to its first commercial break. Um, they fought through a split-screen break. And the show returns with a standoff that led to a slugfest. The babyfaces did Seamus's 10 beats of the Baldrin, all on Gallus members. Less weapons were used when the show returned from the break. Wolfgang goes for a flip dive over the ropes, and he hits the back, hits his back hard on the apron. The babyface trio did a triple sub submission spot. Moments later, Butch accidentally bit bait or hit bait with a kick. Wolfgang then power slammed Butch and Mark Coffey piles on top of Wolfgang as both covered Butch, but Bate flew in and broke up the pin with a swanton bomb. Another table was set up in the ring by the baby faces, but the heels would seemingly be the first to put someone through it. Joe Coffey puts Butch on the table and Coffey leaves the ring to retrieve a mug of beer. Coffey then gets back in the ring with the beer as he's standing over Butch when Bate makes the save. Bate takes the mug away from Coffey and Bate hits Coffey with the mug. Glass shatters all over, and Butch snaps one of Coffee's fingers. The babyface trio then does the shield powerbomb. As they put Coffee through the table, Butch then covers Coffee to pick up the victory. So there we go. The babyfaces beat the heels. Also, NXT went 30 minutes without a commercial. Like 29, 30 minutes was right in between. I think AEW went 45 minutes without a commercial, but within the first hour and 15 minutes, I think it was. Um, so let's talk about it now. People are trying to put out this stat on Twitter. Oh, WWE only did 30 minutes of no commercials. AEW did 45 minutes of no commercials. And then the next 30, they, they did picture and pictures. So who really had the better content there? Like, does it really, they do picture and picture every week. And when they did the picture and picture this week, it was for the Tony Storm stuff that I couldn't even tell what was going on because of black and white and in a small little screen on the side. And if you're watching on the TBS app, you only get half of the picture and picture because halfway through that, they cut to regular commercials for the app. So, yeah. We didn't even see all the picture and picture anyways. Mackenzie Mitchell is in the back. She's interviewing Valkyra when she's interrupted by Tegan Knox. Man, did Tegan Knox look like she's turning heel and a bitch. So, Lyra was trying to talk about her matchup coming with, with Becky for the title at Halloween Havoc. And Tegan's like, hey, Lyra, I know you're getting a shot at Halloween Havoc, but you're going to need to wait. We're going to need to uh, 
push that back. I was just oh so close to beating Becky last night. I think I need another chance, another shot. My first thought was, bitch, I don't care how close you got. You could have got 2.999. Becky didn't get pinned by you. You tapped out. You lost. Get to the back of the goddamn line. Earn it again. Quit whining. That's my sentiment on that. Like, you lost clean in the middle. It's not like there was interference. and not like there was any cheating. It wasn't no tomfoolery or, or anything like that. You got caught in an arm bar, and you tapped out. I don't care if you got a close pinfall, almost made her tap out yourself. It don't matter. Almost don't work here. You tapped out. You don't deserve anything. I'm a Tegan Knox fan, but she just came off so dumb. Going, Lyra, you earned your shot, but you're going to have to wait because I want another after I lost. It's not like you won, and then for some reason they reversed the finish and said, no, you won but didn't win the belt. No. You just lost straight up, chica. Lyra then cuts a promo on Knox, basically punking her out, saying, well, basically what I just said. You don't deserve it. Why should you deserve it? I'm getting my shot. Fast forward, they're having a match next week. Tegan Knox versus Lyra. So John Cena enters. He gets into the ring. He said it is very surreal to see himself here on an episode of NXT. Of course, his promo is interrupted by someone, but Cena gets the monologue out before Braun Breaker come down into the ring. Cena puts over being in NXT, and he puts over NXT, along with putting over the NXT crowd. The audience thanks him with a chant, and someone in the crowd also did a dueling Cena sucks chant. So that was pretty funny. Cena then starts uh, talking about Carmelo Hayes when out would come Braun Breaker. The studio audience chanted at Breaker, telling him he sucks. Breaker is apparently delusional, as he says the crowd is here to see him, not Cena. Breaker, uh, Breaker is cutting a promo on Cena as the audience starts chanting, Bullshit. 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 And they're bleeping it out. Cena takes the high road, wishing Braun Breaker luck in the matchup coming. Says, I'm going to have to teach you a lesson, though. And then he goes for a handshake. Breaker does not want to do the handshake. He looks at the hand, and then he punches Cena. He tries to go for a spear, and Cena grabs him in the AA. Cena does not hit the AA as Breaker gets out of it and leaves the ring. There we go. A little tension, making things a little more personal for that main event. The NFC Tag Team Champions, Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo, meet with the current special guest GM, Cody Rhodes. The family pitches an idea to Cody about a 10-man battle royal with the winning team. The two final teams remaining in the battle royal having a tag match, and then the overall winner getting a shot at them at Halloween Havoc. We'll call it the bada-bing, bada-boom, bada-royal. And that match does get announced for next week. The bada-bing, bada-boom, bada-royal. You hear me? Baron Corbin is then in the back. He's being interviewed. And he cuts a promo about the NXT title. Thankfully, the theme song of LA Knight interrupts him, and he just stops talking. LA Knight enters to be the special guest referee. So, this is for the NXT Championship. It's Ilya Dragunov defending against the NXT North American Champion, Dominic Mysterio. Special guest ref, L.A. Knight. Yeah! Um, where are... So... 
before the commercial break, not too much happens. Rhea Ripley tries to get involved at one point, distracts LA Knight. That allows Dom to cut off Dragunov with a thumb to the eye. Dragunov is downselling as we go to a commercial break. Dragunov makes a comeback as the show returns from the break. Meanwhile, the studio audience is just chanting, yeah, at LA Knight. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragunov then takes a hard chop from Dom. That awakens a beast. Dragunov then chops down Dom. Dragunov dodges a 619 attempt, but then takes the move a second it takes the move on a second attempt by Dom for a near fall. Dragunov then fires up, leading to a suplex. Dom rolled out to the apron as Dragunov teased doing one of his finishers. Dom then gives Dragunov a DDT on the apron. But Dragunov fights back yet again. Dragunov then powerbombs Dom, and Dragunov follows up with the H-bomb for the finish. So there we go. Dragunov does retain the NXT Championship. But Dragunov is going to deliver his other finish, when Finn Balor and Damian Priest run in. Instead of calling for a DQ. Uh, Alien Knight fights off Judgment Day. Ray Ripley goes to hit Dragunov with the belt. Dragunov then ducks. Trick Williams grabs Rhea. Dragunov then levels Dom with the Tornado, uh, tornado Masuka? Masoku? I think is what it's called. And Dragunov gets to the win. So there we go. Um... So, yeah, Corbin then comes out, confronts Dragunov. Before Corbin can get to the ring, Dijak jumps Dragunov and hits the champ with a sneak attack. Dijak leaves Dragunov lying in the ring, and Dragunov confronts Corbin. Dragunov apparently also wants to challenge for the NXT Championship. Uh, James in the YouTube chat says, Scarlett has been the Halloween Havoc host before. Okay, I know. I didn't say this was her first time hosting. This is their first time hosting together, but I didn't say this was her first time hosting. Thank you, Fonzie. Tornado Moscow. My buddy wrote it weird. John Cena is in the locker room. He's talking with Carmelo Hayes. When in walks Trick Williams. And like Carmelo Hayes is usually a good talker, but the last couple of weeks he has felt overscripted and like he's just reciting lines, which is not well, not that great. Also, I do want to thank uh, Broken Trey for the subscription on YouTube. Really do appreciate that. So Hayes tries to apologize to Williams for not being there for him last week. He's like, hey, it's all good. I told you I was fine. You're all in the right to leave. Williams does not look happy, though, as Hayes leaves. Cena asks William if he's all good. And Williams asks Cena when he knew it was its time. Cena then takes Williams and says, let's have a talk. Torpedo. Gotcha, Fonzie. Um, maybe so, WWE 26. I mean, it's not against the rules to be at an AEW show and watch NXT on your phone or whatever, like, or a screen. Or I mean, that's not against the rules. Was it bang? They kick you out of the building? No. I probably would have done the same thing. So then, Paul Heyman is seen talking with Ava about the bloodline, perhaps. This is very, very interesting. She's not ready to be called up, but... Who knows? Who knows what this is teasing? A white SUV pulls up, and out comes Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill had teased on social media earlier in the day that Shawn Michaels was calling her. 
And then, well, she showed up and greeted, was greeted by Shawn Michaels. Shawn then said, let's make this happen. And as far as I saw, maybe I missed something. Nothing happened. Baron Corbin then confronted Cody in the back. Corbin wants Rhodes to make him the next challenger for Dragunov's title since Cody's got the power. Rhodes is like, yeah, you make a good point. You're the only one that's beaten him. But Dragunov made a good point out there too, laying him out. And also, I could always pick somebody, you know, the winner of the main event of tonight's Carmelo hayes Braun Breaker match. And Corbin's like, what? No, I, I deserve it. And Cody's like, you know what? We're going to do something here. I'm going to make a triple threat for next week. It's going to be you, Jack, and the winner of Hayes versus Breaker. Whoever wins that triple threat will then move on and take on um, Ilya Dragunov at Halloween Havoc for the title. But as we learn, it's going to be Carmelo. So it's Carmelo, Braun, and Dijak next week, which I have a feeling Carmelo wins that. I don't know. Like, I just have a feeling it's Carmelo. And then we get the third Carmelo Dragonov match. Then we had a first round match in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. It was Lola Vice against Danny Palmer. Not much really here to talk about. Palmer had countered a triangle to give Vice a pinning combination. Vice kicked out and then booted Palmer with a kick. Three count followed and Vice is moving on in the tournament. Literally nothing to talk about whatsoever. The Hale then rejoins the class to chase you. This is kind of funny. I like this. I like a pissed off Mr. Chase. So Thea joins the class, but she brings JC Jane with her. Uh, Hale and Jane are being disruptive in the class as Mr. Chase is trying to talk. They then lead to other students being disruptive. Um, she, in turn, announces that Chase and Duke will be part of the 10-man bada-bing bada-boom battle royal next week. And then, eventually, well, this is after Mr. Chase gets mad at other students, grabs the phone, he's like, like you're going to fucking talk during my class and you're not going to pay attention and da 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 And he grabs the guy's phone and throws it against the wall. And then he's told, hey, you're going to be in. And then he looks over at those two and he's like, what are you, what are you guys doing? You're screwing around or whatever. And that's when they tell him he's going to be in the Battle Royal next week. And yeah. It wasn't the best of segments, but when Andre Chase plays pissed off teacher, it's freaking great. Then Paul Heyman is in the back, hyping up Braun Breaker with the pep talk as he's warming up. He's warming up. Braun's getting his pump in and his swole on as Heyman, or uh, as he walks off, and Heyman says, Call Roman Reigns. We then get another Brian Pillman Jr. vignette where we now learn his name is not going to be Brian Pillman Jr. The word going around is that his name is going to be Alexis King. And he at least gave the hint that he will be using the name King in WWE. He was focused. Uh, he said the focus is on old vignettes. He said that he's watching old wrestling or he's shown watching old wrestling clips and said, my father, my biological father, was Brian Pillman. But I, I am no junior to a man that wasn't there for me. My dead father Never did anything to help me. 
he didn't raise me. And I now denounce his name and take the name of the man that was there for me. He states that his new name is King. And then we learned from Mike Johnson, PW Insider, and we've learned from trademarks being filed by WWE, the name will be Lexus King. L-E-X-I-S, which is technically short for Alexis, the name of his half-sister that was killed in a car accident. So he's taking basically her name, Lexus King. But the whole thing is he hates his dead father, and he does not want to pay tribute to his dead father no more. Like, hot damn, is that a gimmick? Um, Light says, did you see Asuka on X? No, I did not. Should I? <clears throat> Let's go check Asuka on X. What am I looking at here? I see nothing special. <clears throat> what, am, what am I looking at here? He's got tweets from the last five hours that are nothing. Okay, there's nothing special here. What, what am I supposed to be seeing? Asuka always gets treated like a goddess. Okay, and? And your point is, she's the best woman's wrestler that ever wrestled in NXT. Best champion they ever had. Fonzie says, they gave Asuka the old NXT woman's title. Oh, I don't see that on her Twitter. It's not on her Twitter, so... I just went straight to her account. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have seen that. Looking here, yeah, no. The Oscar NXT. Oh, she just took pictures with the old belt. That's all it is. They just had the belt there, and she took some pictures with it. Nothing special. Nothing special at all. Um, going forward, we're going to our main event. It's Carmelo Hayes with John Cena against Braun Breaker with Paul Heyman. Excuse me. So this was great. Braun Breaker's about to come out, and he gets the Paul Heyman rub. He gets the Brock Lesnar-style entrance. Heyman does the ring intros for Braun Breaker. He dubs him the badass Braun Breaker. That would play into the closing angle of the show. Matt starts and Hayes is a house of fire. Breaker, Breaker was reeling as the show cuts to a commercial break. There's back and forth action as we return. They're trading near falls. They go for a high spot on the top rope. Maybe a Frankensteiner, but they botch it. They try to sell it off like a modified face buster. More like a near fall after other high spot. Uh, the fight then spilled to the outside and Breaker... Picks up a section of the ring steps. Cena takes the steps from him, and Cena boots the uh, boots him in the gut. Not sure why the ref didn't call for that DQ. 
This then leads to Solo Sokoa making the run, making the save for Braun Breaker, basically. He goes for John Cena, and the two start fighting to the back. Hayes then gives Breaker a code breaker on the floor. Hayes goes to follow up by climbing the turnbuckles, and Hayes leaps off with a nothing but net, and then Hayes covers Breaker for the pinfall. So Carmelo Hayes is in the middle of the ring, and he's standing there like, yeah, I won, and then he gets taken out by Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker takes him down with a spear. Then he proclaims he's the only badass in NXT. And then you think, oh, here it is. Who have we not seen yet? The lights go out and we hear, boom. I am an American badass. An American badass by Kid Rock plays. We get American badass graphics all through the NXT arena. And then we hear, motorcycle revving up. And out comes the American badass, The Undertaker. Undertaker makes his way out, riding his chopper. He gets in the ring. He goes face-to-face -face with Braun Breaker. Breaker calls him an old-timer before telling him that, Taker, there was only one badass here. The studio audience actually chants for Braun. And then starts chanting, You effed up. You effed up. You effed up. Undertaker goes on and grabs a microphone to tell Breaker that he's a special talent. And he will be one day. But that day ain't today. Taker then drops the microphone and drops Breaker with the right hand. Breaker gets up and is right back down, slammed with a choke slam by the American badass. Undertaker then stands tall over Braun Breaker. Crowd starts a chant of holy shit. Undertaker then goes over and helps up Oh, no, he first gives Braun Breaker a piece of advice. He says, quote, there will always be a bigger, badder, badass waiting around the corner. Breaker just met them all. Undertaker then goes, helps Carmelo Hayes up, and the two stand tall to end the show. So, yeah, I think it was Vic Joseph was like, well, the Undertaker just made him famous. And there we go. That is how NXT goes off the air. So, you can say, I've seen all the Twitter, they buried Braun Breaker with The Undertaker. But then at the same time, I've seen the other side of Twitter, oh, wow, they really put over Carmelo Hayes with having The Undertaker, you know, praise him at the end. So, I don't know how to take it. It's interesting. Very, very interesting. But overall, I did enjoy NXT. I thought NXT was a really good show. And yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. But I liked NXT. Now it's time to see if you guys liked NXT. Uh, we do have the Twitch. Nope. Yeah, I can't do that. We have the YouTube, live, Twitter. Okay, here we go. So we do have the Twitter X poll. Let's refresh that. As far as the Twitter poll does go. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 93% liked NXT. 4% thought it was just all right, and 21% didn't. Holy crap. As far as the YouTube community poll goes, 83% liked NXT, 12% thought it was just all right, and 5% didn't like it. Someone comments and says, this is wrestling. This person says, 8 out of 10. This person says, is NXT setting up Braun Breaker versus The Undertaker? No, they're not. This person says, NXT can thank AEW and MLB for the show tonight. 
Now this person says NXT all the way, and this person says I liked it. It was great. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 84% liked the show, 10% thought it was just all right, and 6% didn't like it. Holy cow. All of you guys loved NXT tonight. Like, really? Let's now put an AEW poll up. What did you think of tonight's AEW Dynamite? Liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. All right, there we go. We got an NX or a dynamite poll now. So as far as AEW Dynamite does go. <clears throat> so AEW Dynamite actually had a pre-show which doesn't count for the ratings so don't be like oh my god that's the rating um they did a pre-show and they did Minoru Suzuki versus um Eddie Kingston I saw bits and pieces of the match but I didn't really see the full match as I was running off to get dinner basically they chopped the shit at each other over and over and over and over and over and over and over until Eddie Kingston eventually won and retained both the Ring of Honor World and NJPW Strong Openweight Championships after the match, Eddie Kingston praised Suzuki and led him in the ring to be chanted by the crowd. And then moving forward, as far as the main card does go, Caliber welcomes us alongside Tony Schiavone and Taz to Title Tuesday. The opening match is an more contenders match for the NXT or the not NXT for the TNT Championship. Brian Danielson. Against Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana. Oh, Prince Nana. Gotta do it. You gotta do it. These two worked very well together. You wouldn't think this is the first time they've ever been in the ring together, but it was, and it was like they've worked together five, six times before. I don't know who Heradu is. Oh, Light. Light Tiss. Who's... Heradu. Who's Heradu? I know what you mean. I know what you mean, bud. So there's a test of strength to start things off here early with Danielson hitting a monkey flip. Oh, also, before we get going, they announced on the pre-show, Moxley is not cleared to compete. Moxley will not be challenging for the international championship. Instead, it was Orange Cassidy. Uh, Light, I have no clue what you're talking about. Who? Looks like who? I don't know. Uh, so there's a test of strength to start things off early with Danielson hitting a monkey flip and then both men spinning out into a face-to-face. -face. Danielson shot for a knee bar, but Strickland escaped in the ropes as both men slapped, on, slapped one another. Um, Strickland then got a misdirection trip up, which led to multiple pin attempts into another stalemate. Strickland then managed a cheap shot as Danielson was sent to the apron. They traded some chops there, and Strickland hit a side suplex on the edge of the ring. Strickland then hit a diving uppercut to the lower back, followed by a power slam and a brainbuster for a near fall. Danielson was hooked in the chicken wing at one point. Danielson tried a high kick. Damn Baja Blast making me burp. <clears throat> but Strickland then caught it and countered into a cradle. 
Strickland at one point went for a 450 splash, but Danielson got the knees up, and Strickland was forced to regroup outside, where he was met with a diving Danielson knee off the apron. Danielson then connected with a missile dropkick, sold the bad ribs briefly before unleashing with the yes kicks. Crowd chanted for every kick, yes, yes, yes. Danielson then did his moonsault over the corner, which well, we went for a charge, but Strickland punted him right in the ribs and cut off Danielson with a dive to regain control. Danielson was hung up in the tree of woe, and Strickland hit a violent swerve stomp to the ring on the ring apron. Danielson anticipated another swerve stomp back in the ring and countered it with a single leg crab, transitioning that into a heel hook. Danielson then took too long going to the top as Strickland tried for a superplex, but Danielson pulled the rug out from under him and hit him with an avalanche back suplex instead. Danielson then wanted to kick Strickland's head in as stomps poured down on Strickland's face before switching to the label lock, but Strickland got a foot on the ropes to break the hold. Danielson hit one of his corner drop kicks before climbing, before crumbling due to his ribs hurting. This allowed Strickland to hit the house call and the swerve stomp for a very close two. Strickland then followed this up with an impressive counter to a float over in the corner into a sit-out power slam as Prince Nana distracted referee Aubrey Edwards. Strickland got his crown, but it was taken away from him by hangman Adam Page. He refused to let Strickland cheat, similarly to how Strickland cheated at WrestleDream. Danielson then countered a JML driver into a roll-up and got a two off of it, but then popped up and hit a Busaku knee for the victory. Maybe you texted me. Um, so there we go. Danielson wins. And Danielson becomes the new number one contender for the TNT Championship, which he will challenge Christian for on Saturday. We had another video package of Samoa Joe. He is shown. He is current, you know, the current Ring of Honor TV champion. He says he wants another shot. The AEW World title. Joe then said the collision begins his road to gold. And he is a violent in his and violence is his manifest. Joe begins his ascension towards greatness this Saturday. Uh Light says we'll be AW on tomorrow. What? No, what? Why would there be AW tomorrow? If they could have aired tomorrow, why would they have been on tonight? They're not on tomorrow because there's playoff baseball. I not know why they well, had to be on a Tuesday this week. They wouldn't have gone on Tuesday if they didn't have to. They didn't just do it to do it. Then we had Powerhouse Hobbs versus Chris Jericho. You could say Jericho got beat here, but really Jericho got destroyed. Jericho got just dominated. Hobbs wasted no time unloading corner strikes and planting Jericho with a spine buster for an early near fall. Hobbs took his time connecting with more punches in bunches and another spine buster as Callus is demanding Jericho beg for his life. Hobbs hits a violent headbutt and a sledgehammer blow before hitting a third spine buster. Callus then yelled that the end is coming for Jericho as a fourth spine buster connected. Jericho managed some forearms and dodged a charging Hobbs in the corner to hit a code breaker for a two. After more punches, Hobbs hit the fifth spine buster, but Jericho avoided a power slam and got a few chop blocks leading to the walls of Jericho. 
Hobbs rolled. Uh, rolled. Oh. Hobbs rolled and used his power to escape. He rose up, leading to a world's strongest slam-like maneuver for her, too. Hobbs then hit another slam, but his, uh, put his knee on the face of Jericho and got the pinfall in an absolute dominant force. Uh, for good measure, though, post-match, Hobbs hit one more strongest slam and stood tall over Jericho. So, there we go. Hobbs defeats and destroys Chris Jericho. Then we get one of these stupid-ass Adam Cole segments. This man needs surgery. Two surgeries. Yet he's helping Roderick Strong mow his grass. And the kingdom are just sitting there watching. When we know Roddy's not even hurt. Roddy worked a tournament. This is the dumbest fucking stuff. I hate these segments. I think they're stupid as hell. Like if Adam Cole really needs surgery, why is he putting it off? And why is he still at Roddy's house weeks later as he tells MJF later? I'm still at Roddy's. Really? You've been at Roddy's for three weeks? No, you haven't because you've been on Twitch at your house, buddy. These are dumb. I don't, I'm not even going to recap it. It's so stupid. He cuts freaking Roderick Strong's grass with his um, leg up on the little scooter thing. And then he goes, I got to go home and change and shower and get ready for my surgery. Like, when's your surgery? You got it scheduled? Because you can just, whenever you want to show up for surgery... And then they're like, we got something for you inside. You don't need to go home. And they give him a next strong shirt. Then he asks about the giraffe. And they're like, yeah, this is, this is the giraffe. This is, this is stupid. This is dumb. This is crap. I don't like these segments at all. Like, how are we supposed to believe that a man that needs two surgeries because his ankle exploded on him is going to just keep putting off the surgery to help a friend who we know is not even hurt? Like, if this man was hurt, he wouldn't have worked a tournament. He wouldn't have fought some more freaking Joe. Yeah, this is just stupid. Then, we had Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. And if they're not telling us Ray Phoenix is hurt, this told us right here. Because they got this match on and off pretty quickly. Like this match, he rushed through this. Because Phoenix, Phoenix is hurting. And hurting bad. Cassidy wasted no time unloading some forearms. Phoenix was there with a lariat and tried a German suplex. But the back gave out early on. Cassidy missed a charge into the ropes and allowing Phoenix to hit a rope walk and a punt kick for a two. Phoenix then hit a thrust kick and a massive frog splash for a close near fall. Phoenix sold the back once again as Cassidy sent him outside and chucked Phoenix into the railing and the post repeatedly. Phoenix then went to the apron, but Cassidy swept the leg and Phoenix landed right on his head. Back in the ring, Cassidy went to the ropes, but was cut off as Phoenix wanted to go for a muscle buster. But the back once again gave out. With Cassidy hitting double, a diving, a dive, and a tornado DDT, he spiked Phoenix for a two. Phoenix avoided an orange punch and tried to go for the rolling cutter. But once again, the back gave out. Cassidy then hits the beats break and gets a two. Follows it up really quickly with an orange punch, a mouse trap, and bada boom, gets the win. Orange Cassidy is now a two-time international champion. There we go. After the match, best friends Rocky Romero and Hook all come down to celebrate as Alex Abrahantes and Penta check on Phoenix. What do you mean he's on his Twitch playing NSFW games? 
He's just playing regular games anybody else is going to play. Halo, Final Fantasy, Liza P. Everything I would play. Then we got RJ City in the back with Timeless Tony Storm, who says she's made her own short film entitled Lover's Lament, which is a silent picture. We don't need sound, and it's going to play now. And we go to a picture-in-picture break. And this is, I eventually saw the full-screen version of it. I was like, oh, this isn't bad. This is actually kind of funny and good. But when you're watching it just in a small little screen here with the big commercial over here, you can't see what's going on. You can't see what's going on at all. And then at the same time, when John Cena's on the other show, at the same time, you don't think people are going to switch over? You don't think people are going to switch over? Yeah, they probably did. Then we have another really quick match. It's Matt Seidel versus um, Wardlow. Wardlow defeats him with a couple power bombs, and there we go. Doesn't even pin him. Ref stops the match. Wardlow's in. Wardlow's out. Bada bing, bada boom. You're done. You're gone. Bye bye. Renee Paquette's in the back checking on Chris Jericho. There's a doctor there, and Daniel Garcia walks up. Hey, Chris, how you doing? And all of a sudden, Matt Menard goes, What are you doing? He's like, I'm checking on somebody we used to care about. He goes, Yeah, we ain't doing that no more. And then he takes Garcia and they walk away. Very weird. Very weird. We then get Switchblade Jay White against Hangman Adam Page. This match was great, and so was the entrance of the Bullet Club Gold, the Gang Gang Bang. The Bang Bang Gang. I did it. I did it to Renee. Renee called him the Gang Gang Bang. Like, we got Jay White with the Gang Gang Bang. I'm like, oh, you did not just say that. No, it's the Bang Bang Gang. I messed it up too. Don't worry. That's empty. Anyways, so this match was great. I really like this match. And the Mogul Embassy got their revenge. So, <laughs> Jay White comes out. And all of a sudden behind him are the guns and juice on freaking big wheels. And I go, if this is not fantastic, I don't know what is. This is freaking great. And juice has got cards strong. So they're still doing card blade on the bike, the trike, whatever you want to call it, the big wheel. So White and Paige took turns slapping each other basically in the face. Paige then had enough and hit a slingshot dive to take out um, Jay as we go to a commercial, commercial break or picture picture break. We returned to White hitting a dragon screw and he did some air guitar to Makaroshi Tanahashi as Paige responded with a series of chops and a Death Valley driver for a double down. More heavy shots by Paige, who connects on a fallaway slam, a kip up, a running shooting star, and a two off of all of that. White rolled outside and dodged the slingshot crossbody, but Paige managed to stay in control with the powerbomb on the apron. Paige then got a super close two with a sit-out powerbomb back in the ring. White escaped a deadeye by going after the leg again, this time following up with the suplex in the corner. Um, they go to the apron here where White hit a knee breaker on the edge of the ring before they go to a second commercial break during this match. Both men then battle on the top, to the top rope and Paige connected on an avalanche fallaway slam, but came up clutching his knee in the process. The delay allowed White to recover, get a knee breaker and a uranagi for a two. White 
wanted a half and half, but Paige countered with a forearm and a buckshot attempt, which White cut off with a dragon screw between the ropes. White wanted an avalanche uranagi, but Paige guillotined him on the ropes in the process. This allowed Paige to hit a moonsault to the floor. Back inside, White, uh, White suckered Paige into a flatliner, a German suplex, and a sleeper suplex, which Paige no-sold into a wild lariat to reset everything. Paige then went for a buckshot, but his leg gave out. White then wanted a blade runner as Paige spun out in a dead eye for a two. Bullet Club Gold then ran distraction long enough for Prince Nana to appear and try to use his crown, uh, but Paige avoided it. This then led to White getting a schoolboy and stealing the victory off the distraction. So Jay White beats Hangman Adam Page. After the match, MJF's music plays, and he comes out pissed. Champ is pissed, and all he wants back is the triple B. He said, give me back what is mine. I said, no one wants to hear from MJF. The fans want to hear from J.A.Y. White. The crowd disrespectfully told White to shut up. As he said, he was going to give the belt back, but since the crowd was so rude, maybe he's not going to anymore. MJF said that he knows White. He knows White's better. Or he knows White better than he knows himself since he's similar to whom MJF used to be. White doesn't care about Robinson or the guns. He's just using them to get what he wants. And that is what MJF used to do as well. MJF hates that he's trying to be the better man. But for the first time in his life, he's not walking, not waking up, punching a mirror. And it's earned the fans' respect. We have full-on babyface MJF now. And I like it. So there are two things that mean the world to me. My best friend Adam Cole and that title, which is my legacy. MJF knows that White is next level. But the day is not today. And he demands White give him his belt back, what he earned. This sent Robinson into convulsions, as White said. You have to earn it back. But she can come full gear. White said that MJF could just come and take the belt if he wanted. But he has no friends to back him up. Robinson then brings up the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal next week. He says, I'm going to win it, and I'm going to challenge you and take your diamond ring. Then we'll have everything, everything from you. Robinson then brought out a roll of quarters. And Twitter went berserk. So Robinson brings out this roll of quarters, which it used to be his gimmick. He's done this before. Loaded hand, the punch with the quarters, this and that, whatever. And so he says he'll break MJF's draw, jaw next week. MJF storms off. White, uh, with commentary bringing up how MJF was bullied as a child and said Robinson went too far, which I agree. I know Robinson used to use the quarters, but it's not necessary, especially with everything going on in the world today. Basically, MJF told a story in the past that because he's a Jew, his words, he's used to throw quarters at him. And so, yeah, Twitter did not like this at all. Twitter did not like this at all. Like everyone's like, this was... No, read the room. See what's going on in the world over the last couple of days. Jewish people being attacked. And yeah, this was not good. We got another Tony Storm video during the break. Couldn't really tell what was going on. Then we had the AW Women's title on the line, Soraya defending against Hikaru Shida with Ruby Soho banned from ringside. So what would you think if Ruby showed up? Soraya should be DQ'd? Yeah? That didn't happen because Ruby showed up. And nothing happened. 
nothing. And we saw the ref watching all of this happen, but the ref didn't do anything about it. Through AEW's dumbass refs. After some early shots and some jawjacking with the crowd, Soraya was caught with a charging sheet of knee in the corner. Soraya escaped some corner punches, but posed and hit an enziguri to the floor, where she cried out for Ruby Soho. Ruby, not allowed to be there, even though she showed up later. Stupid-ass shit. Both ladies then scrapped back uh, in the ring until Sheeta locked on a torture rack before slamming Soraya down. A masked person that would show up would be, whoop, pull the mask down and it's, Ruby. Ruby sprayed the paint in Sheeta's face before Ruby was dispatched by Tony Storm, who beat her down with a shoe. Tony Storm then hit the ring and whacked Soho repeatedly with a shoe. They spilled into the crowd. Sheeta was then left distracted by all of this, allowing Soraya to take control as they go to a break. Sheeta then battled back with a running knee strike and hit 20 corner punches before hitting a missile drop kick for a two. Sheeta then went for a suplex from the apron back in the ring, but Soraya countered with an arm drag on the edge of the apron. Soraya once again trash-talked for a little while, allowing Sheeta to hit a stalling German on the apron and a meteora to the floor. Back inside the ring, Sheeta hit a running knee and Soraya kicked out. Soraya blocked a katana, but couldn't avoid a question mark kick. As Sheeta went up top, she ate a thrust kick and a nightcap for a two. Soraya grabbed the spray paint and a kendo stick as Paul Turner took the stick away. Soraya sprayed Sheeta and hit another nightcap for a two. Soraya wanted a third nightcap, but Sheeta countered into a falcon arrow. Both ladies traded near falls here before Sheeta got the deep cover, flash pin, rolled her up, and pinned Soraya to become the new AEW Women's World Champion and making history as the first ever three-time AEW Women's World Champion. There we go. Sheeta, once again the champ. But the big question is, how long is Sheeta going to hold this belt for? Because last time, she did not hold it for long at all. What, a month? Three weeks? So Calibur then informs us, I got some bad news to tell you. Well, uh, due to the attacks earlier by Powerhouse Hobbs, Chris Jericho sustained some internal injuries and has been taken to a medical facility. He'll be checked on. If we hear anything about his condition, we'll tell you later. Well, he didn't tell us anything. Tony Schiavone, so before this, earlier in the night, during the show, Tony Khan goes, I have a, an important announcement that will be made a little bit later. So I'm like, oh, what is this announcement going to be? Well, it's just Tony Schiavone saying 50,000 toys or $1 million will be donated this Christmas to Toys for Tots in honor or by AEW, basically. Okay. Pouting, you got a bunch of money to throw around. Cool. Good for the kids that are going to get toys, but it's like, what does it matter? You donated $50,000 or 50,000 toys. You're giving a million dollars to the Toys for Tots. Okay. Great on you, but you got to brag about it. Eh. All companies do this, though. Bragging rights, of course. John Callis then said, I requested 10 minutes to talk about what happened tonight, but I was told I got none, so I'm going to do this really fast in the picture-in-picture. Picture. He does the whole Sammy Guevara uh, sign gimmick. Pretty much held up signs saying how Hobbs destroyed Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, and Sammy will be back soon. We come back from the break, and Renee Paquette is backstage with MJF. She asked for comments about what happened earlier tonight. MJF said he's usually freaking or freaking out on her. He just wants to talk to his old boy, Adam. 
who finally answers the phone. He's like, Adam, is that you? Really? Can you hear me? And Adam's like, Max, Max, can you hear me? I'm, I'm still at Roddy's and I don't got good service. So I might get cut out. And then eventually he does cut out. Call drops and the acclaimed and daddy ass walk up. I'm like, hey, you need some help against the Bullet Club Gold? We'll team with you. MJF then walked off. And daddy ass was like, what's your infatuation with that guy? Like, what's going on? And Max is, or, um, yeah, Max Caster was like, well, we started together. We, like, came up together in the ranks and whatnot. And I've known him for 10 years. And so it's like, we're kind of friends. And I like how he plays hard to get. What? This shit's dumb, too. This is stupid as hell. He's doing some like sexual gimmick where he's got a hard on for MJF. And he wants MJF to get a hard on for him. I don't like this. I haven't liked this. This is just awkward and weird and kind of creeper, stalkerish. Before tonight's main event, Christian Cage came down to the ring with Luchasaurus and told the fans to keep the noise down as he conducts business. They don't like the Chiefs. Christian doesn't need extra help to get the win. Cage said that it was interesting that Adam Copeland said the Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne would turn on him when he tried to take a group up, a group and dress them up for Halloween. Whew. Shot at the Judgment Day. Shot at the Judgment Day. Basically saying, oh, you think they're going to turn on me like those kids turned on you? Talking about Rhea and Damien turning on Edge in favor of Finn for Judgment Day. Shot at the Judgment Day. But I actually kind of like it. Because it, it fits in with what they're doing. So while Copeland viewed himself as a leader, Cage is Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne's father. Cage was held back while Copeland was pushed to the moon. While Copeland's career is on the downslope, Christian is on the rise. And Copeland needs him more than he needs Copeland. Cage says he has lots of fans around the world, including one in Copeland's wife, Beth. Cage then told her, put some clean sheets on the bed and let Lyric and, Lyric and Ruby know that their new daddy is coming home soon. God, do I love smarmy, sleazy, scumbag, piece of crap Christian Cage. God, one of my favorite characters in wrestling. I love piece of crap Christian Cage. It's, he's so good at it. He's so good at being a dick. I'm going to say it right now. A douchebag, a sleazeball. He's so good at getting you to want him to just get his ass beat. Then we had Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus, which was basically Luchasaurus beat his ass forever, and then Copeland got the win. So once Christian mentions Copeland's wife, he sprints down to the ring. We hear the, you think you know him, and then bring on this day. I see clearly. He sprints down to the ring and gets right into the face of Christian when Luchasaurus goes face to face with him. Nick Cage, or Nick Wayne, not Nick Cage. Nick Wayne then grabs his leg, allowing Luchasaurus to hit him with a lariat to the back of the neck. You play this up like Copeland is hurt, and referee Bryce Renberg checks on him before the match as Luchasaurus grabs him and hits him with another short arm lariat and a tombstone. The match has begun, and he gets a two off of it. Luchasaurus slowly picks apart Copeland, who made his comeback with a series of elbow strikes until Luchasaurus lit him up with a corner combo. Copeland again tried to get some something going, but ran right into a thrust kick to the head as we go to a break. 
Luchasaurus controlled the entire break, and Copeland finally fought back with a diving DDT off the apron to the outside and then across the body block back in the ring. Luchasaurus fired up and hit some headbutts. He tried a choke slam, which Copeland countered into an impaler DDT for a two. Copeland then went up to the top as Luchasaurus sat up and hit a big boot, wanting a superplex to the floor onto the, uh, set, onto the setup steps. Copeland thankfully fought out. There's 10 clubbing blows that led to a massive superplex from Copeland as Cage ran distraction long enough for Nick Wayne to wedge a chair into the corner. Copeland missed a corner charge and ran right into the chair as the source connected with a choke slam for a two. Christian's furious at this point he didn't get him. Luchasaurus then set up for an extinction lariat, but Copeland ducked, and both men collided with big boots in a double-down spot. Copeland then charged for a spear through the ropes onto the steps, but Luchasaurus dragged him to the apron. Copeland then hit an edge-o-matic. Copeland then followed this up with a spear off the apron and ring, uh, off the ring steps on the floor. Nick Wayne then took the ref as Cage sprinted to the ring with the TNT title. I didn't even know he had left the ringside area. I was like, where the hell did he go? Was he on commentary? Because I thought I heard him on commentary, but I wasn't 100% sure. I kind of had the show muted at this point because I was also paying attention to NXT. But uh, Copeland ripped away and choked Luchasaurus before hanging the, or handing the title back to Cage because he tried to give the title to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus then recovered and gave Cage, uh, thought Cage was the one who hit him which allowed Copeland to connect to the spear and pick up the victory. A little bit of miscommunication there at the end. Clunky finish, in my opinion. After the match, Nick Wayne chop blocks Adam Copeland and put the boots to him with Luchasaurus helping out until Brian Danielson hit the ring to make the save. But the numbers were still too much. Out would then come Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta, who sprinted out to also make the save. Then it's gang warfare. Everybody's everybody. Mogul Embassy runs down. They put the heels down, or the heels get put down at one point, and Hangman Page then runs out, and he's brawling with Swerve, and there's more chaos going on with Copeland laying out Wayne with a spear. Christian then left just, uh, was left in the ring tapping to a LaBelle lock as Edge is watching on. My bad, Adam Copeland. And yeah. So, yeah. There we go. The last thing we see is... Brian's got the LaBelle lock on Christian and Adam's back here, kind of like he's slid right back into the ring and just watching Christian revel in pain. And that was AEW Dynamite. A good show. A really, really, really good show. They went about 15 minutes overtime. As far as upcoming shows this week, we got Rampage on Friday. Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta will take on the team at the Gates of Agony. Sky Blue will go one-on-one with Amy Sakura on Danny Garcia. Matt Menard and Angelo Parker will take on the Hardys and Brothers A. Also, we do know that Jay Lethal will take on Trent Beretta. As far as AEW Collision does go, Chris Cage will defend the TNC Championship against Brian Danielson. And finally, next week on AEW Dynamite, we have the Dynamite Diamond Dozen Battle Royal. So there we go. That is everything taking place over the next week of AEW. And they said more matches for Dynamite will be announced on next week's Collision and Rampage. You know what I thought of the show? Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Dynamite. As we look at the polls here, let's refresh all of those. Refresh. Refresh. As far as the Twitter poll does go. Wow. Ooh, wow. Oh, wow. 65% liked the show. 15% thought it was just all right. And 20% actually didn't like Dynamite. Wow, stark difference. 
because 40 people voted in the Dynamite poll, 50 people voted in the NXT poll, 94% of the votes liked NXT, only 65% of the votes liked Dynamite. That's interesting. As far as the YouTube community poll, 59% liked the show, 27% thought it was just all right, and 14% didn't like it. Again, comparing the two polls. The NXT poll had 442 votes. The AEW poll had 459 votes. 83% liked Dynamite, or liked Collision. Only 59% liked Dynamite. Very interesting. See the comments. First says, both AEW and NXT delivered, in my opinion. Both shows were awesome. First said, I'm glad Sheeta is the champion. It says, both shows delivered, 9 out of 10. This person says, AEW offended the Jewish community with her quarters. Versus 7 out of 10, this person, AEW for the adults and WWE for the children. Enough said. I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know if I'd go that far. And this person says, I liked it. It was great. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 60% liked the show. 22% thought it was just all right. And 17% didn't like it. Again, more people seemingly liked NXT than liked AEW Dynamite tonight. So that's interesting. That's very interesting. But with that, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Now, for PW Unlimited, we're not going to be back live till Friday with a wrestling wrap-up Friday morning and then the SmackDown review Friday evening. But in a little bit, I'm going to be live Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy playing the new Forza Motorsports game over there on Twitch. Again, that's Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. I want to play some Forza Motorsports, and then maybe we'll try and play some Jackbox with the community and the viewers as well. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your night. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.